Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Under Pressure Outdoors is brought to you in part by Hasmore Outdoor Products. Hasmore Outdoor Products manufactures quality replacement seats for a multitude of climber brands as well as a host of other products built with the hunter in mind. Take it from us. Your butt will thank you, and you'll be able to spend more hours in your stand. Hop over to their website by clicking on the link in the podcast description and order the tree stand trick out kit for your stand today, and you'll have everything you need to hunt longer and harder. Make sure you use code UPO15 at checkout to get 15% off your next order. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. Today was a busy day. Yeah. Yeah. All I did was watch football. <laughs> yeah, no. Zach looked like he was running around with a chicken with his head cut off. Yeah, they got intense there for a little bit. It was nice, though, because it was, I mean, the last one they did, we must have had 35, 40 people. And it was not as like getting to talk to people as much. You know, you had to really juggle a lot. So it was nice getting to interact with everybody individually and, and get to kind of build a little bit of a relationship heading into their build and stuff, understand yeah. what they're, what they're wanting and whatnot. Yeah. The last time it was out of control a little bit, but, but I mean, I, mean, was, I think it was good. I think that's probably what, what generated more interest this time. You know, Keith, Keith does it. He goes all out, man. He, he really knows how to drum something up. How many guys did you have uh, last time? I think total attendance, there was probably close to 40, 45. And then we had 35 at least on target at 800 or whatever it was that the target was set at. Yeah, I mean, y'all burned, y'all didn't burn any rounds this week. Yeah, I feel and like I nobody, the no. people that came and no. to buy a gun were here. Yeah. It was kind of like they, they knew what they were coming into. Yeah. So they didn't need to shoot it. They just knew exactly what they were coming for, and that is what they wanted. Yeah. Well, and the ones that shot the rifles bought the rifles. Yeah. <laughs> literally like, like on the, the spot pr- yeah, the, well, the proof's in the pudding yeah. at least one of the rifles that you brought actually <laughs> yeah was <laughs> literally that's one that'll be shipped out next yeah. week which is nice but now now i gotta go get another <laughs> another so were you selling anything off the rack today yeah we had just about there's only one that we were saying no you know this is accounted for it was one that i wanted to bring that just kind of showed it was the 300 wind mag um it was just one i knew it'd be a popular caliber with guys that want right. them to see you know what they can look like and stuff and then every other one though they were you know <clears throat> if they if someone wanted to you know they we put a price on it and they'd take it and so sure you know that happened with at least one or two of them and so i think talking with eric i think next time we're going to try and you know harlan's going to try to build up and get some like product on site that we'll be able to let go of whether that's binos or scopes or stuff like that so what about the glass how'd that go together today first off i think that's the beauty of a custom rifle builder right those guys came in knowing exactly what they wanted it's not like uh you gotta this is what the this is what it is it's a factory but it's what it's made you don't have to take it Mm -hmm. they get to pick out exactly what they want which i think is the beauty of what you do and all the custom rifles i've had built is that you know you walk in with a vision in my head Mm -hmm. and then six eight months later or however long it is depending on what parts you pick like yeah. your vision is a reality and it, i think it's re- that's a really good point especially with what we're doing it's it's uh it's very fine um just a very fine niche where several of the guys that ended up buying rifles today would say things like i own a christensen or i own a fierce and then they got behind a rifle and they're like okay this is different and that's where you know i love those rifles those are great rifles you know but the thing is though is what they loved was that they get to pick every single detail you know and so when it comes to the components whether it's the action the stock the brake you know the suppressor the optics the rings the trigger the bottom metal the paint colors this you know pattern schemes it's all of it and so 
there's zero reason that you should ever be disappointed with that rifle because you picked every single detail. I got 100% customization. That's key. So your first go around, did you bring all the stocks and everything like you did this time? We brought up a few. Um, this time, you know, the first go around was first time we'd done anything. Kind of like a learning close. process. It really yeah. was because we had not done any. And I told Eric that, you know, I had not done anything like this before. Um you know, we've done a lot of like, uh, you know, outdoors banquets, conservation banquets. We've done, you know, less than a handful of like, you know, outdoor expos or sporting goods show type things. And so, um, you know, this, what we've kind of termed our Heartland Precision Demo Day um, is a really unique process and application and um, to where you get to go hands on with the product. And, you know, it's like test driving a car. You know, you get to test drive it and test drive the product before you decide, you know, well, this is what I want to go with. And I think that was what was really unique was when a guy would shoot a rifle and he'd see, okay, this action is smooth. It feeds smooth. It locks up. The timing on the action is perfect. The trigger's crisp. The fit of the stock is beautiful. The color and the paint schemes I love. And then we'd come over to Eric and Eric would just freaking i mean it was beautiful because then it was okay what's the application you're looking to use this optic in you know what kind of detail do you like do you like you know adjustable turrets do you want cap turrets do you want this reticle illuminated mills moa and that's that beautiful process was where i think eric did a phenomenal job today of taking that custom process and then taking that custom process and applying it now into your optic which a lot of times there's not that customization feel when you're selecting an optic. A lot of times it feels a little bit more, you know, uniform or, you know, you get what you get. And so I think that was probably the best part that I liked today was where Eric would just walk them through. Well, what is it that you want? And let me show you the perfect answer we have for that, for that application or that, that question. So I yes. kind of want to, sorry, Eric, um, we keep referencing Eric. So this week, we are blessed again to be at Piney Woods Hunt Lodge in Eufaula, Alabama. And uh, we were here for attendance with Heartland Precision and Zeiss Optics. And Eric, you're here in representation of Zeiss. Yeah, so I work for Zeiss and uh, we're there's, there's six of us throughout the country. I happen to cover 10 states. It happens to be the Midwestern states. But through a connection with Zach's partner, um, Zach wanted me to manage his account, so... There's one account outside of my 10 Midwestern states that I handle, and that's, that's Zach. So his, uh, his pitch to me last when, when he did it last time was, look, there's um, <clears throat> there's all this stuff happening, and, and I'm just overwhelmed. I can't handle it all. Can you, can you come down and uh, bring some stuff and just talk optics to people after I'm done talking rifles, which, yep. which works great. And, and we deal with, uh, goodness, I don't know how many custom builders i deal with in the midwest but it's a lot and it's the same thing like that's that's our expectation is uh of a, of a custom builder is that they have an understanding of the product and they ask the same type of questions that i am and it's you know uh you don't pick a certain action or a certain caliber for for no reason like there's a purpose behind it and there's a purpose behind rifles so if mm -hmm. i go pull 20 rifles out of my safe each of them have a different optic or maybe it's the same optic and they're the, for the same type of application but there's a whole lot difference between a lightweight 200-yard hunting rifle and a 1,000-plus-yard rifle I'm shooting off the bench. And there may be a lot of crossover, but there's a whole lot of different optics that apply for different applications and different, different knowledge bases and what they're doing and, and how they plan on doing it. So we love custom builders. We have them all over the country, and, and it's just a good relationship overall. Yeah. yeah, and it was crazy to learn some of the stuff that you spoke about this week. Like with the glass and everything, and then what? How many scopes you bring? Like, I don't know, probably fifteen or so. Yeah, yeah. And then they were all different. Oh yeah, all different lines, all different models, all different applications. You know, Zeiss has freaking made a monstrous splash into the first focal plane side of the market, and then with their new release of their you know LRPS three, which you know was freaking hot off the shelves today at Piney Woods. Um, you know that sort of setup is something that i truly loved watching just the the light bulb and the gears turning in people's heads when they could truly you can hear and read all the details online of something and you can hear a buddy describe why he likes his scope 
But when you sit side by side and look through an optic or a pair of binos or a spotting scope and you literally go down the line and look and see the difference, you can't help but as a human develop a preference. Oh, absolutely. And so, and I learned because, you know, you hear a lot of people and I even heard people say today that people be like, ah, you know, I bought this scope for so much. It's great. It does the job. Right. And I've looked through a lot of different scopes, but looking through those Zeiss like optics, that glass is holy cow. Well, and I, I'm unfortunately me being the custom <laughs> rifle builder, I'm guilty of that where, oh, it does the job. You know, I've said that before, and I think that's what's pushed me down this rabbit hole of making it a business. But I, I, I do remember, I think I, the way I termed it to Eric was, you know, you can tell me that your Honda Civic gets you from point A to point B just as good as that Ferrari. But once you jump in the seat of a Ferrari, you will never tell me that it feels the same or that it looks the same or that it sounds the same. And when Eric sent me the LRPS5, which was the first um, the first model that they had released um, of their LRP series, I mean, I've run, you know, the high-end Night Force ATAC R's, your high-end Vortex Razor Gen 2's. I've you know, I've run some some pretty reputable brands as far as, you know, what people would consider, you know, higher end. Um, and when I got behind that LRPS5, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is not even close. It's not even. I mean, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was that as you zoomed in and maxed out magnification, you had clarity edge to edge. Yeah, you didn't lose any clarity. And that is, that is, I think, what has become the most glaringly obvious part of when kind of comparing optics. I like to watch the clarity of your of your picture through that optic as you go throughout the those magnification ranges. And I think... That's one thing. I don't know what Zeiss does. We'll call it a little bit of black magic, but that, I mean, on just about every line, you see that that kind of quality that just holds its own every time. So, what what is it about Zeiss's glass and, and stuff that that makes it so special, Eric? Well, so Zeiss is 176 years old this year. You hear a lot of people talk about shot glass. So, S C H O T T. We own shot glass. We have since 1919. There's a lot of people using shot glass, but we use shot glass in everything. And I think that's really important. <clears throat> Above and beyond that is the sport optic side of Zeiss is just a small sliver of, of everything. I mean, 90% of every movie you've ever watched was shot with our lenses. Hospitals, microscopy, cinematography, there's all, there's all kinds of things, uh, measuring devices, etc. But what's important is that when you go in and, and have a look through a microscope in the hospital, it's the same glass that we're using in our in our opt, in our sport optics yeah spotting skills binoculars so i like to always say in 176 years i think we figured a few things out yeah so there was one thing that i heard you guys say a couple of times today that i didn't really understand but i knew that i was hopefully going to get the opportunity to get it here when you say that your scope measures in minutes yeah explain to me like what is minutes <laughs> yeah so there's um there, there's it's a unit of measure okay you want to say feet and inches, that's fine. But a unit of measure, if, if, if you're making an adjustment on, on a traditional scope and you make one click, it's a quarter inch at 100 yards. Two clicks is a half inch. Four clicks is one inch. That's that's layman's terms. Okay. So actually a minute is, I might get this math wrong, but it's maybe pretty dang close. 1.047 inches at 100 yards. So we just call it, a, well, call it an inch, right? Uh, the other would be mil. So a mil is 3.6 inches. So you break down a mil into tenths instead of quarters like you do an M, a minute. Mm-hmm. Minute would be MOA, minute of angle. Okay. Um, where a mil is 0.36 inches and they're broke down into tenths. So when you make a click on that scope, it's 0.36 inches at 100 yards instead of a quarter inch at 100 yards. So it's just two different uh, two different ways of getting to the same the yep. same same end result. So okay. Uh, I get asked all the time, well, what's better? There's not a better. Yeah. There's not a better. So the PRS crowd, some of the competitive crowd, mills tends to be preferred. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the hunting crowds, uh, minutes or MOA is preferred. Mm-hmm. My answer is always shoot what your buddy shoot. Mm-hmm. You don't want to shoot, have 10 shooting buddies and 10 of them are shooting or nine of them are shooting mills and you're the only guy shooting MOA or vice versa. Yep. You want to be speaking the same lingo. So when you make a miss, you can, you know, I can, I can tell you like Zach, we were, we were verifying zero today. 
And we didn't have a chronograph with us, so we're just guessing a velocity off the box, right? Well, that wasn't right. So there was like four-tenths of a mil difference. I think the target was 751 yards. Yeah. So we were able to make that adjustment like – it took us one time to be center punching that target. And that, to that point, that's where, you know, Kenny Wynn, so our Heartland Precision uh, president and founder, um, my mentor and instructor, he, he always told me, you know, as he was training me and kind of grooming me, um, it was more of, he would say, you know, know both, but master one as an instructor. He would say, no, both master one. That's why you hear Eric and I on the firing line. We're talking in what sounds like gibberish <laughs> yeah. because yeah. we're talking, okay, okay, three clicks right, four clicks up, you know, this or that. And when we're talking clicks, we're talking mill. When we're talking minutes, we're talking minutes. And yeah. so that's where there's a, a little bit of a disconnect. But in that's that term is I, I had someone, so one of our assistant instructors with Heart and Precision uh, who's been on this podcast before is Chris Winky. Um and so Chris is a he's a former uh, special operations sniper for the Australian Army. And so overseas, obviously, he runs things in meters. As you know, I'm sure, you know, military snipers, they a lot of times run things in meters. And the way I had it broken down to me by Chris was we, like you just said, in minutes, it's very easily to get whole number breakdown values on your hundred yard or your yard basis. So like one inch at 100 yards, two inch at 200 yards, all the way out to about a thousand yards. You can get away with that, I guess, approach. Um, and then he was explaining to me that in mills, you can get whole number breakdowns in meters. So it's not that mills equals meters, but just like we equate inches and yeah. yards, if you run meters, you a lot of times will get a similar whole number breakdown, which is easier to bite off in chunks. That's why I prefer you know, running minutes or MOA, because I know at a hundred yards is one inch and 200 yards, is two inch. And so if you're running them in mills, a lot of times you get a whole number breakdown. Like yeah, it's a good, like metric to metric standard to standard kind of, yeah, in a way. And I would take that a step farther and say, I was a uh, strictly an MOA shooter for a long time. Cause that's what I knew. I grew up, I taught myself all this stuff. Right. <clears throat> but now I see it completely different. I would rather shoot mills, especially when I'm Especially when I'm when I'm calling or if I'm spotting for you, because you have a reticle, right? You, you're making adjustments. I can look until me until you give me an extra tenth of a mil or an extra two tenths of a mil, and it's smaller numbers to work with. Especially when you start getting out and you're a thousand beyond yards. The difference between uh, give me give me twenty three point seven five mils, or I can say give me six or twenty three point seven five minutes or six mil, six mils, whatever that is, six point one. It's just a uh, Two different schools of thought, but I, I, I will echo that again. Shoot what your buddies shoot because you do not want to be talking different lingos. It is difficult because there was a time where I know Eric has gotten very familiar with Mills and we're down at the at the hundred yard zero and and we were we bore sighted and I did a poor bore sight and we were you know several minutes off the right edge. And, um, and he was like, hold on, let me do this conversion. And that's a legit thought process, especially as an instructor. There's been times where I'll run one guy in this one caliber, another guy in the same caliber, but one shooting minutes, one shooting mills. And unless you run a setup where they give you that, you know, conversion already, man, that'll scramble your, your, your eggs like crazy. <laughs> and so, uh, that's one where it is a little bit of a different process. And so when you run what your buddies run or the crowd that you're in runs, like he said, PRS, a lot of target stuff, they do a lot of mills, a lot of your basic hunting setups are going to be in minutes. So it's really what you learn and what you can master, I would say, even to take that a step further, is what you can master, what what makes sense to your to your mind and how you can break things down quick. Because at the end of the day, the whole point of an adjustment is to be able to make it and make it efficiently and, and fast. That's nice. Yeah, was, you guys were talking. That was the first time I'd ever heard anybody say minutes. And I'm looking through the spot and scope, and he's like, how many minutes? And I'm like, Wait a minute, that's like a measurement of time. Like, what am I? <laughs> Wait, it took Spanish how many minutes here? to get to the target? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure it made it there pretty fast. <laughs> well, that's that's uh, a. <clears throat> so if you're if you you know if you know like let's just we talked earlier, a minute one one minute is one inch at 100 yards. We were shooting at a target, it happened to be 116 yards, yeah. but that's kind of a moot point. But if if his target was uh, if he if his impact was four inches high, he can measure that in his reticle. And, you know, those, those lines in that reticle are one inch, one minute. He can look, and it's, it hit four lines high. He can make that adjustment. So you know that four clicks is a minute. He can make a 16-inch, 16-click uh, 16 adjustment, which is four inches or better yet. Hold your rifle steady 
and dial your turret until your reticle touches your point of impact and you can make you can make one shot corrections and yeah. be be zero. We had one one situation today at seven fifty. My first shot um, impacted low and in the dirt. Yeah, and then he said, "Hey, hold your reticle dead center and just dial your turret down until your reticle lines up with where that shot was." Next next shot was literally dead center of the bullseye, and so that's one where it's it's understanding the capabilities and the features and functions that you have at your fingertips is incredibly um, important. But then also having those features and details at your fingertips is also equally as important. So when you've got, um, you know, quality optics like... You can your beer in the mic. It doesn't matter. I think that's how our interest starts. Yeah. yeah. So when you have Zeiss, you know, you know Zeiss optics and other high-end optics that have those features available, that's awesome. But you have to know how to use them, and that's where when we come out and we do stuff like today, we don't want guys to want to buy rifles and then have these scopes and not know how to use them, because then you're left, you're leaving, you're not getting the full squeeze out of the lemon, yeah. you know. And so that's where when we go today and we can say, okay, what is the application you want this rifle to be used in, and what kind of scope are you comfortable with? Is it one that you just shot, or if not, do we need to come over to Eric and walk through this entire lineup of optics and see which one? truly fits you best yeah which was like you said was really nice because i know you had what at least two or three people that just wanted a hunting rifle. a very simple very simple scope and that's you know me you know me being an, an instructor in a, a long range precision uh you know just i guess uh, you know obsession or whatever um all my optics and all my rifles are going to be set up to do the maximum at long range. And so I'm going to have the exposed adjustable turrets. I'm going to have locking zeros. I'm going to have first focal plane that has some, you know, uh, a reticle that has, you know, you know, different measurements and, and wind trees and stuff. And so they'll shoot those, and that's awesome. At 750, you know, everybody got on first shot. That's yeah. great. That's a, you know, personal record. But they're like, I ain't hunting no deer with that. Yeah. So then they want to come over and see Eric and say, hey, what can we kind of plain Jane on this setup? And, and we sold quite a few of those today. Yeah, that was a th that's the good thing about being here at the lodge. I mean, being a guide here and knowing what them guys were doing and what they were buying is being able to shoot that weapon and come over and talk to Eric and get yeah. what they needed. And that's a huge weight off your shoulders. Now oh, yeah, it's great for set me. Up right. It's great for me. I uh, I think one really cool thing about these custom builds is, like, I, I talked to Jamie, which was one of the guys. He's He guides here, and uh, one of the guys that bought a rifle today. Mm -hmm. I heard Jamie say several times, he's like, I just want one of these rifles because I want a gun that I'm going to hand down and hand down and hand down. You're just literally getting a solid quality gun you're not getting something that was mass produced for the public and that's literally how our company started with that in terms of you know when we first started doing this we were just a plain you know primary focus of a long-range precision training company at the time you know i didn't have the money to dump into a high-end rifle build and so i wanted to take something and try to kind of frankenstein enhance build this thing and and do what i could and by the time i got done i had something that was so valuable to me because not because of the way it looked and the actual like financial value of that, but just everything I had been through with that rifle and the fact that that rifle literally launched my career today. And that rifle launched my passion for, you know, taking something and not being satisfied with good enough and wanting to find out how you can maximize, like I said, get the full squeeze out of that, that lemon. And so that is what really pushed to where right now I've got a rifle and it's, you know, it's kind of my own little personal rifle. Um, and I call it the Heartland Precision Pioneer and it's the one that, that started it. Um, and it's one that I'll hand down to my son one day and I hopefully down to, you know, he'll hand it down. And so that idea of being able to take something that truly, you know, not only does none of your buddies have it or anyone else have something like it, but being able to apply custom details that truly make it unique to you or you and your family is what's a lot of fun. You know, we've had a few rifle builds lately where I've gotten to do, you know, initials. I've gotten to do, um, you know, like, um, uh, like family crests. Oh, that's awesome. Like airbrushed onto, onto stocks. I've gotten to do, 
custom camo patterns um, that are off like the ground, the actual like topographical camo layout of like a family plot of land, um, you know, stuff like that. And that's where it gets really just unique and custom. And, yeah. and, and that's the point of custom, which is just really makes it fun and really makes it just worth it. Yeah. Let's think the word is heirloom. Absolutely. Yeah. It's an heirloom rifle. And you're putting an heirloom optic on an heirloom rifle. That's something you can hand down for generations to come. And what's so neat is you say, like, you know, Zeiss 176 years. And so talk about handing something down for 176 years. <laughs> it's going to hold its own. You know, they've held their own for the how long now. And so that's where it's a great pair. And I think today was a really good testament to it just gave me as a builder. It just gave me confidence and just like a little bit of a. Um, I guess a, a stamp of we're heading in the right direction. We're working with the right people, with guys like Eric and Zeiss, um, and just made me feel like, you know, with where we're going, we're, we're doing the right things. We're working with the right people, and we're making people happy, I think. Yeah. So, Eric, what's your – I mean, how did you end up with Zeiss? What got you into optics? Uh, goodness. Um, when I was 10 years old, I think it was Peterson's – Peterson's Hunting Magazine. One of the magazines came out one month, and the entire back section of it was ballistics. Like, it was every caliber known to man, and I was 10, 11 years old, and I could tell you the bullet drop on every single caliber there was out to three or 400 yards. So now, I didn't know why or how, but I knew the number. You know, like, you, you asked, me what, yeah. asked me what the, you know, the bullet drop at 300 yards on a 300 Weatherby was, and I'd, I'd spit it out to you exactly. So it was like always a fascination. And I grew up in East Texas where you weren't really shooting shooting things that far. Well, moved to the Midwest, was really into archery for a long time. And then um, I, worked for, I worked for a company called Shields for 15 years and just started tinkering on my own. It wasn't like, it wasn't anymore the what's the number but it's how do you come up with that number and just delve into it just dove into it and and once you start learning the whys and hows everything else falls into place you know like what used to be an unheard of shot is i think of it like it's a it's 50 yards you know like it's just yeah. because you have an understanding of things not not even just like ballistics but how do you hold the rifle and what do you not do to cause errant shots and all the little details that go into making, um, making things fun, making it, make it enjoyable. And then now it's gotten to, um, you can say what you want about like the long range hunting thing, but you're shooting a piece of steel, put as far as you can. Like, yeah, you know, we got, we've got permanent 1400 yard, yard, um, yard steel at my range, uh, out in Nebraska. And, and we have, we have portable steel that we put it, weather conditions are right put it as far as you can i don't care if it's 2000 plus like let's go shoot it <laughs> so it, it's just it like it's just a it's a process that started out of oh like a, a passion when i was a kid and just continued on and then you know i get asked a lot about competitive stuff and i don't have anything against any of the competitive the competitive crowd the prs crowd etc I, I do some range officer stuff for those calling hits and stuff but it's not something that that I want to do, like everything I've ever done is to get me ready for the fall. You know, like if I need to make a shot in the fall, I'm making that shot in the fall. And it's, it's not like a, what is it? It's like, don't, don't tell me, show me or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it's like proving that to yourself. I think, I think I heard somebody say, I believe in none of what I heard and less than half of what I saw. Mm, like, I want to yeah. see it. I want to see it. And once I've seen it, I believe it. Like, yep. uh, you, it's just, it's knowledge it's feeding, it's feeding your brain full of knowledge. Yep. Absolutely. I feel like, Something you said that uh, if you want to make a shot in the fall, that you're gonna make it because you're gonna go in and put in the time. And I feel like that's a that's a huge. I don't know if disconnect's the right word with a lot of hunters these days, but it's, I feel like you put your hunting rifle away at the end of season, and then when season comes back around, you get it out and you, but expe the, you expect it to shoot and almost almost it's weird though because in the opposite though but how much are they scouting how much are they checking scrapes how much are they checking trail cams how much are they checking bedding areas you know yeah. so they're they're putting in the work for that yeah you know and so they expect the rifle you know or the optic just to be set up as is and in in reality that's maybe the most important part because that's gonna see yeah you may you may track that deer and you may, you know, uh, um, you know, get him nailed down to where, you know, every freaking nook and cranny that he's at and the exact amenities there during the day or the night or whatever. And then he walks out 
and your right wing set up. Yeah. That's where I think um, there is some um, almost like overemphasis. Yeah. And then a lack of emphasis on, on the, you know, the quality setup of a rifle. Um, I think probably the biggest thing that I see is I'll see guys put, there's some guys I'll see put some serious money into to optics or even the rifle. Um, but primarily I'll see this with, they'll put a lot of money into optics and they won't, they will skimp on a set of scope rings, which that is huge. That's a crazy, crazy, uh, just I guess like thought process because I mean, that's like having a great, you know, like remember Little League Baseball, you had someone get a, a BB core D Marini yeah. bat or something. That's like trying to go hit a home run while holding on to it with two fingers. Like, yeah. It's just not, it's not going to happen. You know, I heard a guy one time, a uh, guy's name is Jason Bryan, and uh, I've known Jason for a long time. But the guy, it was over scope rings. The guy was putting a really nice scope and a really nice rifle, and he was, he was putting a $30 set of rings on it. And the guy's like, well, I'm only going to shoot this thing one day a year. And Jason said, you are the guy that absolutely needs to spend top dollar on your rifle because you're not going to know. You're not the guy that's going to go out and shoot it all the time and know that something's wrong until it's too late. You know, guys that shoot all the time, they typically have nice equipment, but they catch those little things that fail on them. And it, it it really struck me as like a really good point. You're not gonna you're not gonna have any idea until you've already missed a shot of a lifetime. Yeah, because yeah, like I heard a couple people say today, like this is a really nice gun, and and Zach kind of emphasizes some too with some of your textures and your paints that you've done. That people may take this really nice gun and still just throw it behind the seat of their truck because it's their hunting rifle, right? What does that thing go through behind that seat? Mm-hmm. I mean, holy cow! Even if it's in a nice case, you don't know what it's getting bumped into here well, and there. Especially and God if you're forbid like you have, yeah, God forbid you have a you know an, an unfortunate misstep heading up a tree stand. I think we were talking about that. We've had guys, you know, you take us take a fall, the rifle maybe lands you know butt down or on its side or something, and and, and you got a quality set of rings on there, and it'll probably hold zero, and you know, hopefully be just fine. If you don't, <laughs> you're kind of out you of luck. You get what you get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're looking through a scope like that was on Keith's old, 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 old 22 where the crosshairs were. Just kind of yeah. doing a hook left. <laughs> oh, that was a beautiful gun, though. Mm-hmm. But so Beautiful, right? I've noticed on some of these rings you guys had on your scopes today, that it had like a, a level, like you would see on like a sight level or something. What is, what's the point in that? Yeah, just that. It's uh you're not going to ever notice it at two or 300 yards. You're just not going to, but <clears throat> especially if guys are doing, um, two, two schools of thought, right? You're either going to hold your elevation and hold your wind, or you're going to dial elevation and either dial or hold your wind. But when you make, if you're doing either, or if you're dialing elevation and holding wind and you've got a, a reticle that's canned inside that thing, when you make that wind hold and you push your crosshairs over, you're pushing it, not just left or right, but you're pushing it, up and down yeah. or left and right and the farther you go every hundred yards it's maximized exactly. even yep. mo- even more so it's a way to square things up um and just keep you keep yeah. you perfect we, level every time we mount up a rifle and we get it set up and we get that scope mounted we set that rifle up first and we'll put a level out on the barrel and then we'll put a level on the action and so we level the action and then we will adjust the one on the barrel to mirror the one on the action. That way we know that that bubble that's out on the end of the barrel is giving us a direct reflection of whether the action is level or not. Because you want your act, your action, your scope um, to be level with the bore of the rifle and to be level with the action. And so then as we mount up that scope, that's when you get your scope set up to where it is level with that level out on the barrel that way you know okay this is perfectly level now those ring caps are just an external indicator of knowing if you're looking as okay am i super canted now you know whether or not that rifle's canted one way or the other so that as you make that elevation adjustment it's going to come straight up and down or you know directly left or right pretty awesome everybody's got a different build like just a different anatomy right you take a guy that's got biceps or size around you know my head right he's gonna camp the rifle that's an indicator of hey your rifle's crooked he thinks it looks looks straight because it is to him but if we know everything is level to the world he has an indicator to look at whenever he thinks things are off yeah well on what on that same note before we get off those rings i will say those zeiss ultralight rings are now my go-to rings 
like the name says, extremely, yeah. extremely light. Um, but then the internals of them, when you take the rings apart and you see, you take the top half off, there's almost like these little ribbed sections, which gives this grab to the scope. Like I've never, I mean, it is, it is impressive because a lot of times there'll be times when you hear the, the term, like guys saying, you know, like lapping the rings and stuff like that. And to an extent, there, uh, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, there was probably some good, some good, uh, um, you know, I guess, thought behind that and a purpose behind that, that you could, you could support it in terms of the rings not having, you know, full contact to the, the yeah. scope tube um, or the scope body. And so, but then when you've got such high tolerance machining, like you're getting from these ice rings, but then you have that ribbed feature. Um, you're getting maximum contact and you're getting secure contact to that scope body. And, and it's one of those things, like you said to your buddy, you at that point, when you spend that kind of money, you don't have to check them. You can have confidence in them. So you said something about tubes. I feel like that's probably something that a lot of people, uh, your, your layman's person would look over too. It's like, what, your, what your tubes are made of because I feel like that that's something that could probably throw a rifle off real easy. Yeah, it absolutely can. Um, but it's not necessarily what's not necessarily the tube, but what's inside of the tube. It's what's inside of the tube and 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 how things are manufactured inside of it. So we went back to uh, when we first started 176 years. I hope we got something figured out over that time. Yeah. There's a lot of really good optics manufacturers out there. And, and and I guess I would just say it's not your grandfather's grandfather's rifle, not your grandfather's scope anymore. You know the days of uh, of making a a four click adjustment and tapping on top of your scope; those are gone. You don't have to. It's the it, engineering is his came so 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 far. I when you have quality components, um, I mean I pick up rifles by the scope all the time, like it's a like it's a, like handle. a handle. You know, it's yeah. a carry handle. <laughs> Just because I have full confidence in those yeah, things. Yeah, when you got a good set of rings and a nice yeah. scope, it's true. It really is, and I'll I'll be honest. It's funny that he mentioned because there there are some brands where you still do need to tap on yeah. top of those turrets and let those <laughs> let those teeth sink in and let those mechanisms settle. And but I will say, zeroing out there at the range today, I literally thought to myself, like, do I need to tap? And I was like. Pfft no like that's ridiculous. like i'm don't waste my time with that like and and i mean it was it was amazing just how you know watching you can see a tr uh, a scope track very well and that's also a really good indicator of just a quality optic is when you dial four minutes you can measure on the paper that was four minutes and so when you know you're not having to worry like you said you're not having to worry about was it more was it four point Two five was it four point five was it three point seven five? Yeah. When you track that, when you make that adjustment, that's the adjustment that's made. And Eric said something about engineering, and that that kind of brings me to like, holy cow, I, electronics! You you guys have a freaking set of binoculars that are a rangefinder, but not only are they a rangefinder, but they do all your adjustments for you with your calibers and everything. Yeah. So <laughs> funny as a guy came to me early today and said my buddy told me that i could get some app on my phone and like just program stuff in it and tell me what my bullet drop is like absolutely absolutely how does that work like what do i got to spend to get that i'm like everything on this table is capable of that you just get you know there's an app on my phone i happen to use one app that's a paid app it's a ten dollar ten dollar one and done deal but there's all kinds of free apps out there that are way the heck more accurate than we are and then what you're talking about is, you know, the our our Victory RF binos. So there's an there's an internal ballistics calculator, just like there is on my phone, but there's an external weather station. So it knows the exact barometric pressure. It knows what altitude I'm at. It knows what the temperature is. It knows if I'm uh, aiming uphill or downhill, so an incline or decline. And it's giving me on-the-spot data for up to nine different rifles when I push the button. And, it, you know, we were shooting a 6.5 PRC. I'd push the button, it would tell us exactly what it was. The next rifle would be a Creedmoor. We'd just switch to a different ballistic profile, and it'd give us the exact data for right there where we're standing for, for that cartridge. So, so those binos actually know where you are. Absolutely. That do. is insane. And what's incredible is, is like, you know, and I know this as an instructor. I know this. I, I should know this. But yet it still blows my mind that we zeroed today at 10 o'clock maybe. And by the time uh, we got to rolling, 
the um i mean we probably kicked off the event i'd say we were shooting by 2 two thirty. several hours had passed and i remember when we got behind for the first shots and eric gave me my correction and it had changed from Absolutely. earlier which i know that i know that the, how that works but it's so impressive to me that i'm not having to whip out my kestrel and taking it take a reading and then plug that into my ballistic calculator and then making sure that that adjustment is accounting for all these different factors is literally a button push on a set of binos and you've got your your readout and your your uh, firing solution there in a matter of half a second half a second what's really cool about that is you, you were, i don't know i'm the midwestern guy sitting here in alabama i'm assuming we're five or six hundred feet elevation something like that i can go take off to the mountains and those binoculars are going to know the elevation and all the all the ballistic parameters right there and they're going to make those corrections for me and nothing i have to do yep that's insane and then the freaking thermal that you brought too yeah oh we took a ride gosh. around last night and drove through several different pastures and fields and just watching you know there wasn't a ton out but it was crazy that when you did see stuff it was it stuck out like a sore thumb. I think there was we saw it was like a doe or something over in one field, and it was glowing. She was six hundred yards out, and you could tell it was a deer. Yep, that oh, was insane. Or when we went down to like the range, it was like a rat or something ran yes. across yeah. the ground, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and you could see it in the thermal. I was like, holy cow! And you could and, see the definition on the bark on a pine tree. Mm-hmm. And what was really neat was, uh, you know, Eric's running the thermal, but then he can connect it via Bluetooth to a tablet. So we're all riding around in the Gator in the back seat, looking at every single thing that Eric's looking at in crystal clear picture. It was, it's absolutely incredible. And I think I even asked Eric, I said, this has got to be getting pitched to the military. This is next level <laughs> stuff. Dude, yeah, you, uh, could, you could see the, the muscle definition on that horse. Yes, that horse when we were coming in, you could literally see the muscles on its back, like as he's walking across the across the pasture. That's yeah, technology, you know. Um, that that happened to be a handheld, but um, the beauty of that is I'm not swinging a rifle around all over the place looking through it. It's comfortable. Everybody else can see the same thing that I can. It's safe. I can video from it. Um, yeah, you can view. I video. I do coyote hunt sometimes where I'm videoing myself through that calling and shooting all at the same time and it just um it opens up it opens up doors like you imagine taking off walking to the pitch black yeah. what what you can the stuff you see and hear at midnight you know when you're out coyote hunting that you would have no idea walking around with lights etc you can see every you can see everything well and what's nice is is if you guys come and book a book a hog hunt with piney woods you'll get yeah. to jump behind one and get to see this thing in live action get some Get a hunt out here with Keith and, and the, the Piney Woods guys slamming some hogs behind some quality Zeiss thermal optics and just really get to, you know, come and see it for yourself. Give Keith a call and, and go ahead and book a hunt and get the whole nine experience. Yeah, it's been awesome. So, Greg, I mean, you haven't talked much or I, I haven't really got to meet you much at all this week. So, I want to kind of learn something about you. Yes, sir. So, what? I mean, what's your story, boy? So, uh, Jay and I, uh, Jay Stone. <laughs> yeah. He's he's, uh, he's off the, the chair he, now. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's laid back. I think he's going to be uh, KO'd here in just a minute. Uh, he and I were in the Ranger Regiment together. Uh, that's where we met uh, back in the early '90s, and uh, went through sniper school together, and and uh, just learned a lot about shooting together and hunting together. Yeah, ben, he's from Florida, and I'm from Tennessee, and uh, you know, just sharing stories and 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 all that kind of thing. So, so. Being that you went through sniper school and obviously you were a sniper, I mean, what's what's your opinion on on some of Zach's guns? Well, these things are phenomenal. I mean, you know, it's it's graduated and and evolved to a whole other different level uh, of of a thing that that Jay and I had back in our day. Uh, you know, uh, as I was telling Zach earlier, you know, the last sniper rifle I had was an accuracy in an international AWM three uh, three hundred wind mag. And that thing weighed 14 pounds uh, with Jeez. a you know Schmidtman glass and uh, you know semi chevron uh, uh, muzzle brake on it, shot like a dream, but it's a, a, a ton. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Uh, you know these the, the offerings these guys have now with uh, Heartland. I mean it's it's a whole other thing, and it's night and day better. You know, uh, comparatively speaking, to what we had to, to work with. Um, 
a funny story. Uh, Jay and I were qualifying one time on the range, and uh, <laughs> of course, you know, using the military, you know, the M4s, M16s, what have you. Uh, you know, we're we're shooting and we're in the positions next to each other on the range. Uh, let's just say positions nine and ten, and we're knocking them down. We're having a good day, whatever, laughing and cutting up and joking. And one of our friends is running the tower around the range, and he's uh, he's like, "Oh man, you know, positions nine and ten, they're they're doing really good. Who's that? That's Stone and Brown." He goes, "Oh, they think they're back home shooting possums." <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story. No, but uh, the, the offerings they have today are, are, are night, and day, uh, night and day better, uh, different, uh, you know, uh, than what we had to offer back well, in those days. When Greg and I were talking earlier and he was, you know, we were just kind of just chatting it up because I love talking with guys that have gotten to go through and, and serve and, and put, you know, rifles through the test, you know, and go and literally defend our country with it. And then hear, you know, their opinion of some of the stuff that, that we're doing here at Heartland. You know, it's, it is interesting because you'd think to go and do that to defend your country, you'd think, man, you got to have the top next level type stuff. And, you know, and so when Greg's like, dude, the fact that you've got a 300 wind mag that's literally a quarter of the weight of the one oh, yeah. I was shooting yeah. back then, <laughs> like, you know, and that's what's, I think it's kind of neat to see. Just how much the styles and the preference and just the demand of, of you know, uh, you know, rifles builds um, have changed over the years. And I think, you know, the name of the game right now is a lot of lightweight stuff, you know, whether that's carbon wrap barrel or carbon fiber stocks or, you know, titanium actions or whatever. And so, um, well, not you know, to mention the optics. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, was, I, was, tell, I, yeah, I was telling you earlier, I mean, I learned on a, a loophole fixed 16 power. 16 holy cow at 100 yards i mean you know you you either succeeded or you you didn't i mean that was it that was our kind of the you know cut the crap kind of thing yeah so yeah fixing fix 16 power yeah and i think that's where with what zeiss just launched with this lrps3 eric's gonna have to walk you through that because the price point that they come in at with this I think they're gonna they're really gonna freaking blow up the market with Absolutely. this because you look at some of the, you know, comparative brands like maybe your Razor Gen two, even your Gen three, um, your Night Force Attack R's, stuff like that, and I'm talking just a next level of glass and clarity, and I mean the price point they're coming in at is I mean man people need to hold on to their bootstraps man it's about to get. It's about to get interesting in that market. I mean, what these guys these days are working with from, you know, Eric and Zeiss and these guys, are, it's it's night and day. I mean, 100% better. Uh, it, it's graduated. It's next level. I mean, yeah. I would have loved to have that technology back in those days. But what their, their offerings are these days with price point and, and offering of what you're getting is insane. Yeah. I was going to say, a, a lot of what I look through, if you, you think, like, some of your – cheaper stuff still isn't you know cheap cheap but then i've noticed it with a lot of the price points that i got from eric today i'm like i mean zeiss really isn't it's, it's really it's not, not that, that far off and you're getting no. just an awesome quality product yeah. yeah i think when you look at your swavorsky your loophole you know a lot of the popular brands in the hunting market i don't know i'm hard pressed not to see why you don't just go with Zeiss because me being just have what what i love about zeiss is they have this offering for the long range precision side of guys you know guys like myself that might like the adjustable you know turrets you know a little bit more of a i guess you'd call it a cluttered reticle um i call it a usable reticle (laughs) um and then you've got also the very simple stuff you know the stuff for guys that don't want anything overly complicated or or anything that's going to be overwhelming so they do a really good job of catering to really both sides of the aisle there. And I think that, um, you know, when I've tried to branch out into other brands like that, that has been the biggest holdback for me, um, especially on the hunting side, was I felt like as I get into other brands, there's not as much of a catering towards, you know, someone like me with my preference of wanting maybe something that's a little bit more, like I said, a usable reticle yes. with, you know, adjustable turds, this and that at a, you know, a really competitive price point. 
So I like that what they're doing on the hunting side. So I think it's it's something that's really it's really starting to really blow some people up, especially when you look at some of the binos they're putting out and the prices oh, they're God. putting those out. At. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're in a we're in a heyday for optics, guys. I mean, if you think back to what you had even even twenty years ago, you had a three to nine plex, and if you uh, if you want to shoot any farther, you you held the plex higher. Like that's what you did. That's what you did. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's like. A three times zoom three to nine then there's there's four times three to twelve there's there's six times eight times we're in a ten time uh variable zoom optics nowadays um and if 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 there's something you want to do there is an optic for it doesn't matter if it's us or somebody else there is somebody making an optic for you so you, you can do anything you want these days so i want to hear about some of this new stuff that zach keeps talking about he said this new scope that the zeiss is coming out with and i, I know think it literally launched 10 days ago yeah so what are that's we that's what we had three on three rifles over there the 17th today we released that to the general public on the 7th so 10 days ago that's yeah awesome. and there's always things coming you know there's things we're not obviously going to talk about now but man there's 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 another half dozen projects and then another half dozen projects after that there's always something new for sure well and knowing what's coming around the corner because the last time so the last time we were here at piney woods was i think it was like june 3rd and I think that time you had sent me up with a brand new pair of uh, binos that were only available for pre-order. Um, and I remember the man, those were freaking hotcakes people. <laughs> I think the fact that it's like, Oh, you know, it's new release thing. And then since then we came up with a new scope, a new scope that's now being offered that V six. Um, then the, uh, the new LRPS three, the several different pairs of binos, the range finding binos, the thermals. I'm like, gracious sakes it's not even been three months yeah. and they're just rolling it out yeah and I, I, that thermal that you were talking about that's uh, to me that's i mean i know there's some people that already have something like that out but that's still that's a game changer well and it's it's just quality you know it's quality and i think what what i loved was you know the just the detail that you get and there's no guessing like you said at 600 yards you can straight up tell it's a doe you know, yeah. there's no, there's no, well, there's something there, you know, I don't quite make it. It kind of looks like a, like a Maybe yoga a ball. Buck. <laughs> yeah. You don't know. So that's where, um, I think when I've run, I've run other, you know, other brands and I'm not, I want to throw them out there and throw them under the bus. But like I said, after you drive a Ferrari, you can't, you can't unfeel it. Yeah. And so there is a difference. Yeah. And that's like sitting behind one of your guns too. I mean, once, once you sit behind a custom rifle, and you pull the trigger on it, you're like. Oh, and that's I what I think what's cool is, is that's a custom rifle. That's not your custom yeah. rifle. Like I've got one I'm working on right now that we cut the length of pull down, you know, just to fit this guy shorter than I've ever seen. But it's going to fit him perfect. It's going to be like a tailored a suit. Yeah, it's going to be like yeah. a tailored suit and fit like a glove. It's going to be exactly what it wants. You know, I mean, I've done them where. You know, there's been times where I'll do a camo job and, and maybe and the customer says, well, maybe I was thinking a little bit more like this. That's fine. I'll, re I'll redo it. That's the point. You know, I don't want someone to walk away with something and not absolutely love every single detail about it, which that is the whole point of going custom. Yeah. And, you know, guys get to be involved in the process, you know, so I'm sending them pictures as I go through the process and, you know, it's all the behind the scenes work type stuff. Like, Hey, I'm blueprinting the action today, or I'm chambering the barrel headspace in the barrel, or, you know, I'm, I'm glass bedding the action. That's always a fun one. That yeah. one looks super messy and everyone's like, Oh my gosh, you're going to ruin it. And then they see the final product and they're like, wow, like, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, especially when, you know, there's a lot of detail work that I, I do that goes into these where it's, modifying the stock to fit to the action so that there's literally a seamless transition from the action to the to the stock where it looks like it's one and you know there's little details like that that over time i've just taken so much pride in you know i take a lot of pride when someone points something like that out um because that's when i know like they're paying attention you know they're yeah. seeing they're seeing that this is you're not going to get that detail from a rifle from Cabela's or from, you know, off the shelf of Bass Pro or whatever. And so that's that's what I've come to love about it. And I think that's why I like working with Zeiss because I know they've got attention to detail like that too. You know, yeah. it's something that's very, you know, like when we talk to Eric, it's, hey, 
what do you want to use it for? Let's let's talk about the details and find the exact best fit for what you're wanting to do. So, this is not something that I've dealt with much, like doing these showcases like this. But one thing that kind of stood out to me is that like they sent Eric out here to to spend time with us, and then Eric's just such like a down home guy. Oh, yeah. He's 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 not trying to like pound a sail no. into you. He's just informing you about their optics. And well, he doesn't have to. Yeah. I think they sell themselves. <laughs> yeah, they that's do. Not, they that's nice. Do. Right. Yeah. Zach, I want to ask you a question. Um, I get this a lot, you know, being Zeiss and a high-end European company and it shows, et cetera. Oh, Zeiss, like, uh, I, I can't afford that. Well, okay, well, we sell $500 binoculars and $700 plus rifle scopes, et cetera. So, like, there's a lot of things that there's stigmas out there that I can't afford. Well, yeah, you actually really can. It's a lifetime product. Um I think that's that's in the custom rifle world, you know. Absolutely. Like, I'm going to build a custom rifle. It's going to be eight thousand dollars, and and you've got stuff. You have stuff out there that guys were shooting today that that's not the case. You know, no. like it's no. barely it's barely above what just a pick it up off the shelf rifle is yep. in some instances. So I thought it was really very cool. Is. Yeah, no, I think we we try to. I would say usually when it comes before glass, we're looking at about the twenty six fifty twenty seven hundred price point. And that's for a fairly basic setup, but that basic setup is giving you a chance to pick the details like the caliber. You're picking the details like the paint finish, the Cerakote finish, the stock color camo pattern finish, um, you know, and that's getting, you know, whether that's a carbon fiber stock, an adjustable stock. So we really do try to make it as compatible as possible, um, but then you're getting the detail work of a custom rifle where that's, you know, we're going in, we're polishing actions, we're blueprinting actions, we're lapping lugs, we're mating the scope to the, you know, the rings or we're leveling everything for you. We're doing a full glass bed job. We believe in a full glass bedding, uh, you know, of that action to that stock. I'm going in, I machine it out by myself by hand on the mill. Um, everything gets filed, sanded down to where it's just seamless. And then I hand paint the stocks myself, airbrush and paint the, the barreled actions myself and so um those details are really all those list of details i just said are the same list of details that go into a seven thousand dollar rifle build you know and so you know like eric said is it really is something that you know it's we try to get the best quality possible product into a customer's hands um that we can at a price point that's going to you know make it worth it to them because i have no doubt that the customer that buys say an entry level type rifle once they get behind it you like i've said it several times you can't unfeel it you can't unsee it you can't um unwitness that performance and then at that point it's now worth it to you well that's a generational thing like you guys were talking about before that's something you're going to hand down you know generationally yep, yep. So. And something else I heard you tell people people several times a day, you're building a rifle. You're selling them scope. It's a package. And it's not only a package, but when I ship it, when it's done and I ship it to your FFL, it's already broken in. Mm-hmm. It's already zeroed. Yep. In a pinch, you could take it and go hunt with it tomorrow. So in and, fact, I have a story on that. So I had one guy. I think you might have I know exactly what you're talking about. I had a guy. We had ordered it, and he had we were trying to get the hunt we were going to get the rifle done well within the time frame we told him he just so happened to win a tag um for ram and a big whitetail hunt and i he was gonna be hunting friday morning i got ever i finally got everything in monday morning i had it assembled chambered head spaced engraved painted glass bedded machined assembled broken in zeroed cut the case and shipped to him overnight by wednesday he got it thursday and sent me two uh ram monsters and the biggest whitetail i have ever seen and he did not take it to the range before he took the zero that i sent him and so that's where, and I by no means recommend that. I always say verify, you know, trust, but verify. And that's kind of what, you know, but I take pride in that, that sometimes you do have to go through that assortment of finding the ammo that that rifle likes or finding the bullet weight that that rifle likes or, you know, 
a process that usually, you know, for an off-the-shelf rifle could take 100 rounds. Well, for us, I very rarely, when I'm building that rifle, I'm, I'm you know, specifying the twist rate based on the bullet weight that I know they're going to shoot. So I've got a pretty good idea of what ammo it's going to like. And I very rarely have to use over, you know, a box. And usually I'll just send a box just that I can get a good solid, you know, 20 rounds down that barrel, get some, you know, some copper fouling buildup, some copper equilibrium in there um, and get that thing set up and then zeroed at the, you know, the distance they re- they prefer, whether that's 100, 200, whatever. Um, you know, sometimes if we're doing custom dial turrets, we'll do that for them. And then when it comes to them, though, you know, cut in that that Pelican case or that hard case, and literally they could take it out the box and go and (laughs) slam a trophy if they had to. So it is something I I take a lot of pride in that, that someone can trust me with that and that they can get behind it and not only, you know, fulfill that tag, but to slam it, to home run it like he did, you know, and so... That's also a testament to he's a good shot, <laughs> but uh, you know I think that that does that does give me some pride to know that we do try to make it as much of a seamless process as possible. You come in, you get it done exactly how you want. Once it arrives to you, if you want to tweak it and fit it to you, absolutely. But if you if you could not, we we should be able to still deliver. Yeah, out of the box, home run, guaranteed. Yep. Yeah, so I had someone ask me today, so do y'all guarantee, uh, you know, one minute of angle? I said, brother, this ain't leaving the shop if it ain't half minute. Like, (laughs) no chance in the world would I let something like that go. How many guns did you sell today that had your action in them? Probably close to six. Yeah, so that was off of our new Pathfinder action that we did um, in partnership with Zermatt Arms there in Nebraska. We've had that. Um, we launched our prototype for that back in January. Um, so we've started, we've got, we've probably got close to 20, 25 rifles right now. They're being built in our official Pathfinder label action, which is our, you know, probably our most popular reaction right now. So we like the, you know, that kind of, um, outdoors, you know, vibe of it. That's why we went with that Pathfinder model. It's that, you know, being willing to go out and get your hands dirty, get your, yeah. you know, get your feet in it and put in the work, put in the, the you know, the sweat and, and really go out there and harvest something that's worth it and go and, you know, blaze that path on your own, you know, not have it handed to you. Yeah, well, like I said earlier, we are at Piney Woods Hunt Lodge, Eufaula, Alabama, and uh, if you haven't heard it enough, every time we've been here i'm gonna say it again book a hunt man absolutely they they are keith and everybody here you just feel so at home every time you're here and they have some great deer on the property too they do they do i know they took y'all out today and showed y'all you know, got to take some of those those ice binos and go and see some of the some of the big monsters they had that they've been seeing and holy smokes i asked elk oh, yeah. i asked keith that he had uh he was growing elk out here <laughs> pretty much <laughs> yeah excellent host great food i mean you show up here I, I didn't know these guys at all and yeah it's been been phenomenal yeah everybody's felt at home and i i uh i know zach probably knows this but i have completely forgotten to warn everybody that we do a tip of the week at the end of every podcast I actually do not have one because I forgot myself that we do it. Even when I do remember we have one at the beginning, I'm like, tip of the week, tip of the week, tip of the week. And then by the end, I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. Yeah. I'll, so. I'll go. I don't know. I got two, and I don't want to take two good ones. Um, I guess I'm going to go with the one I feel like applies really well, and that is, you know, buy quality. Buy quality. You know, it. I know there's times where things get hard and it feels like it's in a pinch, and, oh, you know, it's – I had my, my Peter, who's been on this podcast with us before, when I was buying uh, my engagement ring for my wife now, uh, he told me, you know, Zach, it only costs a little more to go first class. <laughs> <laughs> and so when it comes to things, you know, like rifles, actions, uh, optics, 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 it really does only cost a little bit more to get a whole lot more features. Absolutely. Man, so. one thing I got pounded into my head, and uh, I figured out the hard way too, as and at younger ages that you literally get what you pay for. Absolutely. With every, everything. Everything in life. <laughs> yeah. 
you 100% get what you pay for. Um, I will say that I did go ahead and pay for first class for my wife. She was worth it. So (laughs) I wanted to go ahead and clarify that. Uh, I'm going to say, man, step out of your comfort zone some. Because I know there were like a couple guys, well, there were just maybe one in particular that I saw that he didn't really know necessarily the gun, like everything, but stepped out of his comfort zone, came to you, and you just kind of walked him through it completely and by the end of it it was he's ready to buy a gun oh absolutely i think what i love and that's what i love about this specific event and i'd love to do more and i know we've talked about doing stuff in in texas with jay and is that you know it's something that there's a lot of detail that goes into it and some guys may say i don't know what brand trigger i want i don't know what bottom metal i want that's fine that's that's perfectly fine good you know but here if you come and see us then we can show you. We can let you hold it. We can let you hold different stocks. We can let you see the different palm swells, the different cheek, you know, uh, cheek angles. We can show you different, you know, you know, forends, the stock styles, carbon fiber, fiberglass, titanium action, steel action. And that's the point is, is you may not have a preference at first, but when you come to us and you're willing to say, hey, look, I don't know. Well, then we can give you a chance to, you know, go hands on and to develop a preference. And so we will never make you feel um, lesser than by any means. And the reason I promise I will not is because at one point I didn't know either, you know. And so the only way that I got to know was by people giving me a chance and letting and helping me learn, you know. And so, you know, it's that same kind of passion that Eric talked about was you just had this interest and Unfortunately, there are some times when you have that interest and you you do step out of your comfort zone and people shut you down. And I promise that will never happen when you walk through the door with Heartland Precision. And I guarantee it won't happen with Piney Woods or Zeiss either. So, No, Piney Woods will definitely always. You got anything for us, Greg? No, sir. I don't think so. Uh, unless Jay Stone's got something to step up and uh, elaborate on anything I've said. His eyes are already halfway shut. (laughs) (laughs) Tip of the day. I I said this a couple times because uh, everybody's trying to push envelopes with things, right? So the office guy in me comes out. If you wouldn't shoot it freehand, don't range it freehand. I think that's a very, very powerful. So find something, whether it's tucking arms around you or find something to rest on. If you wouldn't shoot it freehand, don't range it freehand. Well, it looks like I just stopped ranging stuff at 150 (laughs) yards. (laughs) Zach's going to carry a tripod wherever he goes now. (laughs) Gracious. That's a good, that's a really good thought process too, though, because man, when you get up there, you realize like, your Jeez, range man, I, got the, I got the shakes like crazy i should have put that monster down a little earlier <laughs> oh that's good stuff well thank you to uh keith and piney woods and hosting us out here thanks for uh eric being willing to travel on out here and thank you to zeiss for everything that they've done for us and then um you know just thank you to all you guys that continue to support us and make this such a, a great opportunity and great show and just a chance for us to continue to grow and, and just continue to help the outdoors community be, you know come together yeah man absolutely we really do appreciate everybody that's that's been here for us and done everything and it's been great learning as much as i have this weekend it was i mean i i come in doing something about optics but holy cow the the crap that i've learned to to take from this so still ain't got nothing for us greg uh, it doesn't have to be hunt related i mean it could be any give kind us of a tip, tip of the that, week yeah. as a pilot send demons high school good. football rules uh as a pilot stay on the trees <laughs> <laughs> there it is that's that I would say that's probably something you don't want to probably do. Probably as a driver, too. You know, yeah. If you're going to jump out of an airplane, uh, keep your feet and knees together. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> all right. Well, we're out of here this week. We appreciate it. We'll see you all. Have a good one. Later.